tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, you find out life is this game of beers. So is this podcast. Because in either life or podcasting, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half beer too late or too early, and you're not quite buzzed. One sip too slow, too fast, you don't quite drink it. The beers we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the pod, every minute, every second. And on this pod, we fight for that beer. On this pod, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that beer. We claw with our fingernails for that beer because we know when we add up all those beers, that's going to make the difference between buzzed and sober, between living and dying. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back. This is our 213th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we conclude our look at Gridiron Flops with 1999's hard-hitting football masterpiece, Any Given Sunday. I, Bling Blake, am wearing the headset and calling the plays tonight. Along with me, as always, are the narcissistic quarterback who undeniably has the goods, Captain Cash. They call me Flash, Captain Cash, something smash. That's as much as effort as anyone put into Steaming Willie Beeman. So ah. he, he keeps the ladies creaming. Ah, uh, fuck. Ah. Uh, uh, uh. We'll, we'll I mean, talk about music. We'll talk about the music. Yeah. In this I mean, uh, in fairness, in fairness, he does an amazing job. Absolutely love him. Great, I, I great, did. great actor. Maybe, maybe one of our best. I do feel like you had avenues there, like such as Captain Cash and Mash and the Babes or Bash and the Babes. Smash. It's there. Yeah. Look, I'm saying Smashing. I'm not Jamie Foxx and I'm certainly not who wrote this. Please tell me it was Oliver Stone too. I'm pretty sure written and directed. Oh yes, yes, the movie. Yes, I'm pretty sure Jamie Foxx wrote that song though. Oh, Jamie Foxx is good at music though. Usually, I mean, I'm sure it was a little tongue in cheek. I Uh, mean, yeah. And in fairness, what are the things you can rhyme with Beeman? Other than Steeman, Seaman. I mean. Cream and oh. is pretty, it's pretty yeah. It's like, yeah. That's the tip of the iceberg. There. Yeah. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> as well as the grizzled old veteran who just needs those stats to make his bonus check, even if it kills him, the thunderous wizard. Don't drop me, guys. I'm worth a million dollars. Million dollars. Like sure. I know that's meant to be triumphant, but it also feels kind of sad and gross. 
Well, here's the thing about this movie, and I I love this movie. People didn't know about CTE in 1999. So nope. it's like, hey, shark, you can't play because you have a fractured neck. It's like, no, he can't play because in 10 years he's going to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. Which is what not he... far off from the actual LT. He, he has CTE, and one of my mm. recommendations was going to be um, Bill and Bill, the 30 for 30. Uh-huh. which is about Parcells and Belichick. And if you watch that, it'll break your heart if you, if you like LT. Like, he, he's not doing well. He's not on drugs anymore, so that's a plus, but mentally he's not doing well. Which brings me to my next point. Don't smoke crap. That's a little, a little <laughs> water boy reference for you little guys. water boy, yeah. yeah. Captain Insano. Compliments of Captain Insano. <laughs> Captain Insano shows no moisy. All right. Points of order. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. Any given Sunday can be streamed for $3.99 across platforms. But for an extra $10, you can add it to your permanent collection, as I have. And if you're a football fan, this is a movie that's good for a rewatch every year around this time. Uh, yeah, I am so, very annoyed. I was made to pay money to watch this film. Don't again. don't buy it on Vudu because they edited the movie. You don't get Shark LeVay uh, sawing Jamie Foxx's Willie Beeman's car in half. They cut that. They cut that, what? and they cut Why? the uh, cocaine uh, LL Cool J cocaine in the bathroom scene. So no, no, Bill Bellamy getting a blowy on the crapper either. Nope. Mm-mm. Wow. And Bellamy I was, got a blumpkin. Like, I was like, what? Why? Like, everybody knows this movie's kind of off the wall as it yeah. is. You need some of that debauchery. It, it yeah. tells part of the story. As disgusting as that may be. Um, all Let right, he so... who is not received a blumpkin. That's the first stone. Well, That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, mean, the I, got, line I, was, got a, I got a barrel of rocks over here. Coach, I, I look like I just did cocaine off an elephant's stick. <laughs> was the line because they were channeling the replacements of course of course right yeah. yeah all right let's talk beer uh tonight we are drinking land shark lager from the margaritaville brewing company uh in honor of both the miami sharks and in memory of the late great jimmy buffett rest in peace pirate rest in peace my man uh hopefully you are enjoying that great beach up above Unfortunately uh, for us and for Jimmy, this yellow beer just really isn't isn't all that good. Uh, it's a standard light lager, and that's about all you can say about it. Uh, it comes in at a Captain Cash disapproved 4.6 ABV. Boo. So yeah, nothing to write home about. But if I'm sitting on a beach or at a tiki bar, I suppose it's an okay yellow beer to drink. No. I do have a soft spot in my heart for beers like this. No, if you're at a tiki bar... You're gonna get a tiki drink. There's no, yeah, there's fair. no coconut? need for something in a coconut, something in a skull, something on fire. I don't see a reason for this beer. Now, let me ask you a question: Would you pair it with a cheeseburger in paradise? Absolutely. Okay, fine. Okay. okay. In this one instance, especially because we're honoring a great man's passing, then yes, I would. Uh, fun fact: Mrs. Bling and myself. Uh, honeymoon uh at, at a margaritaville at, we went to a margaritaville at, a at, at, at universal studios <laughs> in florida you spent your Harry entire Barwell. week in margaritaville pretty much we uh, tried the whole sampler menu 
I was, did I was you find the lost shaker of salt or yeah. no? It turns out they're just pretty much on every table. Oh, huh. Oh, that's bullshit. not that hard to find at all. Really? That's it's false not. advertising. Yeah, I know. Uh, and to be fair, I'd rather have this. I'd rather have a Pacifico if I was sitting on a beach. Land shark is typically found in six packs of clear 12 ounce bottles. Although their website tells me it's available in cans. Maybe you can find it in cans, or maybe if you can find it in cans, it won't have that slightly skunked flavor. That seems to be the downfall of most beers that come in clear glass bottles. So maybe if you can find those, pick it up. But yeah, Land Shark, it's a beer. And we're, we're drinking it tonight. Here's the thing. If you had to identify a place sharks are really good at, would you say Land? Candy Graham. Dang. Oh shit. <laughs> so I have a, a friend who is famous for pulling off the land shark at bars. And uh he's I think he's retired from this particular activity, but the land shark mm, is a yes. fantastic thing where you <laughs> fashion a shark fin out of a piece of cardboard, usually a pizza box that one found in a trash can on the street, and you go to the bar bathroom. Remove all of your clothes, place the shark fin between your butt cheeks, and then have your friends carry you through the bar while everybody sprays beer on you and screams land shark, fish out of water. This this fantastic. friend of yours, is he on the pod with us now? <laughs> he is not present tonight. That's uh, all I'm willing to say. Just, just for the record, Bling Blake's favorite scene of this movie, when <laughs> Latimer throws the... The uh, the alligator, alligator into the yeah. shower. I love that scene. Also, the gods of rock. It's also when uh, when Cameron Diaz walks through the locker room and says, "Don't stiffen up on me." <laughs> it's fantastic. All right, did you guys get the beer tonight? You guys all have have the land shark. Beer? I've had land shark before, and uh, yeah, I'd say it's like a one and a half, two bad movie beer. The worst I can say about any beer is one, because I'm probably willing to sit through 90 minutes of a movie if you're giving me free beer. Free well, beer. Do you want Milwaukee's best? Because we have to now we have to challenge this theory. Is it is it free for 90 minutes? It's free for 90 minutes. Anytime you drink I mean... Milwaukee's best, it's not free. No, you're, gonna be paying. you're, you're always gonna pay paying some cost. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say, yeah, I mean, I'd give this two. It's it's an unoffensive beer. It's not great. Doesn't have a ton of flavor, but I'll sit through two movies of of light beer. I think that's uh, and, the most fair assessment. Like it's yeah. fine. Uh, I wouldn't go out of my way to buy it. But uh, if we weren't doing a yeah. movie that had a football team named the Sharks, that a beer is brewed in Florida from margaritaville brewing company and you know it's called land shark it just seemed appropriate it aligned and i think i got a pretty fresh six pack this is not as skunky as some ones i've had in the past so it's it's not bad i'd throw a lime in it for sure Ring, ringing that. endorsement then yeah throw a lime in it you'll be happier all right let's get into any given sunday it was directed by oliver stone who was assisted uh in writing the script by john logan John Logan's got quite the resume. He worked on movies like The Aviator and Gladiator, as well as the pod panned Alien Covenant and The Last Samurai, both of which I kind of liked. So this is who I need to mail the dog shit to. Okay, thanks. 
John Logan, uh, don't put it out with your boot. Don't put it out with your boots, Ned. Uh, I like most of those movies, so that's a plus. He's got a pretty good resume. Obviously, Gladiator, Gladiator, this guy's IMDb page. We all like, uh, even though Gladiator's one of the worst best, best picture winners of all time. If you rewatch Gladiator, it's it's not a best picture. I'm not. I'm sorry. Were you not entertained? Yeah. Were you not entertained? Uh, but I love the Last Samurai, and uh, yeah, so. Keanu never fails. What you heard me, Tom Cruise? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Keanu. No. You mean 47 oh, Ronan? No, I was thinking wow. 47 Ronan. Oh, I boy, confused. Ooh. <laughs> what just you happened? Have, you have such disdain for samurai. <laughs> like, I really did. Uh, this the whole if, time I was the whole time I was writing that, I was thinking about 47 Sam or 47 Ronan, not Last Samurai. I do like it, that movie too, though. If this if this podcast were not about beer and movies and were instead about samurai, you would absolutely be made to commit Harakiri for that right now. We'd yeah, be like, all done. right, nope. You're done. I'll be your which, second. Which film. one of yeah, say oh. which one of us is the second? Because you gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go. You're out. Listen, I don't want to chop your head off, but I but like it, it, has, to happen. it yeah. has to happen. Honor demands it. You have dishonored yourself, sir. <laughs> You've dishonored yourself. You've dishonored the pod. I'm sorry. Goodbye. So anyway, anyway Sunday. So, so yeah, what about what about this movie? It is partially based on former NFL defensive end Pat Toomey's book of the same title. Who did he play for, Thunderous Wizard? Uh to me or not to me. I have no idea who Pat Toomey is. He played for the Bills for a while. Oh, did he? Uh-huh. Yeah. I did I when? <laughs> I don't know. The 70s probably. Is that right, the guy listen. who did the LSD and wound up in the ditch <laughs> on any given Sunday? You can on any given Sunday. Well, anyway, that's where it comes feces. from. <laughs> so listen, you don't have to know who Pat Toomey is, but I'm going to tell you this: our cast in this film is freaking amazing. Let's talk about it real quick. We got Al Michael Corleone, Pacino, Dennis Dick Vermeil Quaid. Jamie Ray Fox, Cameron Mary, of whom there is something about Diaz, James fucking Woods, Matthew Private Joker Modine, welcome back to the pod, LL Cool J, Lawrence Taylor, Jim Brown, Bill Bellamy, Andrew Latimer Barnyarski, also welcome back, Lauren. He's got a seat at the table. Lauren Swimmy Slappy. Swanson, Samsonite, I was way off. Holly, Aaron, Harvey Dent, Eckhart, Elizabeth, Spano Speaks, Berkeley, and freaking Margaret, John C., Dr. Cox, McKinley. Hell, even Charlton Heston shows up in this thing. Seriously, this whole thing is full of some of my favorite actors. I love this freaking movie. I it's love this. Stacked. It's stacked. It's so I would good. really like to know, like, was this sold on? Hey, you want to go hang out with a bunch of, like, Super good actors, other actors. Yeah. 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 It's an Oliver Stone movie. Well, I better get paid a lot. I mean, I... <laughs> well, listen, the cocaine writer, though, is going to be pretty choice. Well, this was, oh, yeah. This was before Oliver Stone was just absolutely carrying water for Vladimir Putin at every turn. Yeah. This was still That's... the good Oliver. Yeah, I mean, I there's, there's a debate about how good <laughs> Oliver ever really was, yeah. but 
Uh, I like Oliver Stone. I like Oliver Stone movies. I miss you, semi-good Oliver. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, I miss you, not full-on villain Oliver. Not not super problematic Oliver. (laughs) Could we get him back? So much like our reviews of Oliver Stone himself, this film received some mixed reviews. Some critics calling it one of Oliver Stone's best movies and others calling it an absolute disappointment. So as you can imagine, it sits at a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes with a very nice audience bump to 73%. So pretty much you either love this movie or you hate it. Unfortunately, it was ultimately a pretty big disappointment at the box office. It doubled its budget, took home $100.2 million on a budget of 55. So it's not bad, but I think they probably had a lot higher uh, aspirations and ambitions for this. It is wild to me that this cast, it was only $55 million. Yeah. Well, Jamie you know, Foxx, still young. So no, I, uh, no, it was it was early for Fox. It was early for Cameron Diaz, sure. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it was ninety nine. She had something about Mary. He had done a couple movies by that point. Like this was by no means either of their first outings. Add to that, Pacino, Quaid, and Ed, like Modine. My guess is Pacino got paid ten million dollars of this budget. That'd yeah. just be my guess. And I think everybody else, you know. Because there's so many actors, I mean, it is still a long movie. It's two and a half hours long. Mm. But it seems like everybody else probably could wrap up most of their scenes in a handful of days of shooting, you know, like, um, especially not that many. The thing I hate most about this movie is they shoot stuff and then it's just voiceover and it's just Mm -hmm. montages of other shit, which, by the way, they had to pay for, which also probably drove the budget up like paying for scenes of ben-hur not cheap right well hell they had scenes with jim caviezel that got cut scenes with tom sizemore that didn't make it into the film okay i'd take sizemore i don't need any scenes with jim Caviezel. yeah okay this is like this is still this is pre-jesus caviezel and way pre-fake child savior caviezel you mean the problematic director had a couple problematic actors no, you don't say. And Sizemore, speaking of cocaine budgets. Yeah, uh, listen, that's that with him in there the full time, that balloons to at least 75, 75 uh, mil easy. P- put it this way. The 50 yard line was Tom Sizemore's rail. All right. Let's <laughs> not speak ill of the recently deceased R.I.P. Tom Sizemore. Uh-huh. I also I, I watched uh, Saving Private Ryan again this week. Sizemore was fantastic in that. So anyway, 55 million, kind of a disappointment. I I think the tough thing with football movies is that you really don't get a lot of international market to make up for any kind of domestic shortcomings. Yeah. Nobody nobody, in Europe or Asia wants to watch an American football movie. They don't get it. Nobody cares about football outside of a few European territories, but yeah, no, it's a it's a very domestic thing, and you'd probably have better luck today, but ninety nine for sure. Unless Adam Sandler is a part of your football movie in the nineties, <laughs> right? Forget but it. I'm going to watch anything that he plays football in. All right, so that brings us to our one sentence descriptions. Uh, Captain Cash, start us off. Oliver Stone would like to present you a football movie, but also like 
several other movies in his football movie. I don't know. Somebody passed me the eight ball. I mean, yeah, I guess that's that's fair. At least you didn't ask for me to pass you another giant penis of which this movie is full of. Thunderous Wizard, what do you got for us? Hey, so would you like to watch a movie that is very symbolic of how pro sports are, but also so ridiculous that it throws you off the scent of how pro sports are? It's any given Sunday. Because yeah. people's, people's eyes don't just randomly pop out of their heads. That's not a thing that happens. I don't think you were playing football hard enough. Maybe not. I have 100%. I mean, I've seen some eye gouges on the field before. Come on, guys. A couple of times I've taken some I don't dumps. Think, I don't, I don't think I it randomly my, fell out. Or I thought something would pop out of my head, but no. No dice. No dice. No dice. <laughs> All right. For me, it is any given Sunday, a 90s football fever dream, and also kind of like the program. I mean, this is the best version of the program. Yeah. I think originally one of the working titles for it was just The League. Which would have been, I think, oh. probably too much of uh, too on the nose, honestly. Yeah, but. I mean, one of my one senses was, hey, remember that show Playmakers on ESPN? Yeah, they stole all their ideas from any given Sunday. I mean, pretty did. much, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, with the inclusion of Latimer, I would have accepted if you said, yeah, no, no, this is like you know the spiritual sequel to that. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not not that not that. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, Our actual IMDb description, a behind-the-scenes look at the life-and-death struggles of modern-day gladiators and those who lead them. It makes it sound like a documentary. Wait, this motherfucker wrote Any Given Sunday and Gladiator. Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. Hold on. uh, Crib heavily on gladiatorial images or imagery throughout the film. They, Which that uh, they do, Oliver. Just I get it. It it just doesn't work to randomly show clips from other movies. It works better than when he does the Native American song in the middle of the movie for no apparent reason. Also, so yeah, what's the message there? I, I listen. There is a reason. The reason is cocaine uh, or peyote lots and lots of cocaine. All right, I, I, we're getting into the weeds here. And, into the weeds. Yeah. So instead of that, let's get into the plot. The Miami Sharks, a once great football team, are struggling to make the AFFA, the Associated Football Franchises of America, playoffs. They are coached by 30-year veteran Tony D'Amato. Can I ask played- you a quick question? Sure, yeah. How confusing is the AFAA stuff to you because they mentioned the dolphins multiple times yeah i mean i it seems like it is supposed to be a parallel league to the nfl yeah it's it's very confusing why mention the dolphins at all yeah i figured that that either the nfl was in or out on this thing there was of definitely some holdups <laughs> in there were holdups in production just because of the way they portrayed some of the football, the NFL gave them a ton of pushback. And I guess that mattered for some reason. Hey, football's not violent. Roger Goodell. That's right. Current and lawyer at this time, for the, current head lawyer for the National Football League. I, yeah, right? As someone who knows jack shit about football, I, I was very, very comfortable to just, all right, uh, alternate dimension football. All right, cool. I got it. Yeah, it, it seems like it exists 
parallel to the actual NFL, but that, that whole thing is kind of weird. Yeah. So anyway, they are coached by 30 year veteran Tony D'Amato played by the aforementioned Al Pacino with young owner, Christina Pagniacci played by Cameron Diaz. So during our first game shown, which is the 13th game of the season, both the starting quarterback, Jack Cap Rooney, played by Dennis Quaid, and second-string quarterback Tyler Cherubini are injured and forced to leave the game. What do you do, fall off the bench? I love that line. Cherubini's hurt. Everything, Every joke they make about Cherubini is so accurate to most backup quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, James Wood's so good in this. Anyway... So they're forced to leave the game, and the Sharks are forced to call upon third-string quarterback and former seventh-round draft pick Willie Beeman, played by Jamie Foxx. Beeman is visibly nervous and makes a number of errors, illustrating his lack of knowledge regarding the team's playbook. Uh, during one play, he lines up under the guard instead of the center. Later in the game, he audibles to a play which does not exist. I liked that part, too. He throws up in the huddle which begins a ritual that he follows every game reminiscent of the thunderous wizards, uh, patron saint Bill's quarterback, Jim Kelly. Uh, Josh Allen does it. And uh, I've played rugby with a few, uh, one guy I know of that puked before every game, which I just don't get. I never got that kind of nervous, but to each their own, to each their own. Yeah. Whatever makes you shake it loose, baby. So while the Sharks lose this game by a small margin, Beeman plays well enough and gains confidence. During the next game, Beeman gets more comfortable and quickly learns the offense. However, he dislikes the Sharks' conservative offensive play calling and much of the dismay of both Coach D'Amato and offensive coordinator Nick Crozier, played by Aaron Eckhart. Beeman begins to change the plays in the huddle, not making audibles, but in the the huddle Beeman does dis display his raw athletic talent and starts to run and pass extremely successfully and leads the Sharks to the playoffs after winning the last three of the four games of the season, bringing the Sharks to nine and seven on the year. So Beeman's newfound success results in a growing narcissism and arrogance. He becomes steaming Willie Beeman the new poster boy for the AFFA and receives numerous lucrative advertisement deals, including a music video to help him sell metrics. I mean, who, which one of us hasn't been there? Uh, I, which part narcissism or <laughs> lucrative endorsement deals? The All of it. All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I have, I have endorsed some products I was not proud of, but the checks cleared and here we are. So we are. let's yeah. not, you know, and I appreciated the parody they were trying to do here with real life events of like, I remember vaguely when they made all of the Bengals do a do a song the one time and it went about as well as you might imagine. Uh huh. So, uh -huh. you know, I mean, this wasn't that at least it was it was better because it's Jamie Foxx, but it's still. Yeah, still pretty painful to watch. So I still remember when you endorsed that. uh that butt powder because you know when you go to a con you get sweaty listen you, make... you need it in in the elbow joints and definitely up the crack you don't you don't yeah. want that swamp ass showing Ken, in the spider-man do suit. not want that no the only thing you want in a spider-man suit is your bulge 
As Bling, Bling Blake will surely attest. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Paul if you're out there listening, buddy. Uh, let me say this, listeners, while we're here. Hops and Box Office Flops is brought to you by Tubi and Fresh Balls. That not not linked. They're not if, they're not linked. If you don't want sweaty balls, get fresh balls. Get fresh balls. Goes on like a lotion, dries like a powder. All right. So Willie's newfound success and inability to handle it leads to tension within the Sharks locker room and the front office. Damato eventually confronts Beeman over a hot bowl of jambalaya. All right. Now I got to stop you because we got to talk about this scene. In what fucking world does this happen? Where the quarterback is screaming at the head coach over a bowl of shitty jambalaya. (laughs) Did you like the jambalaya? That's why I think this movie got bad reviews is because this whole dynamic never makes sense. Well, this dude would never fucking play if he behaved that way. Well, I mean, that's the result of this conversation is that after D'Amato feels them out and Beeman reacts the way he does, he says, you know, I think Cap's going to be healthy for the playoffs. So, you know, we're going to go with him. Colin Kaepernick took a knee during the national anthem a couple of times and has been blackballed for the last eight years. You cannot yell at a coach in their house. It just doesn't happen. I would argue that you'd be better off yelling at the coach in their house than at like a public restaurant. For sure. But Dude, this dude's burying hookers in the desert. You can't be yelling at him in his house. He's Tony Montana, I mean, baby. Yeah. So that's also a fair point. You get the money, you get the power. By the way, say hello to my little quarterback. Yeah. Say hello to my playbook. Um, I mean, I guess the good news is both of you are as exactly as Hispanic as Al Pacino, so we're still we're still I in the clear I, there, I, right? I don't feel bad about doing the bad accent because he did it first. Yeah, I, that was a perfect impersonation. I didn't say it was a perfect accent; it was a perfect impersonation. That's Hello, all we're looking cool for. Cool James got the Yale. <laughs> Listen, the ladies love Cool James. I'm happy he turns the corner and begins to play for the team and not just for his bonus stats. Well, at you some know, point, some point, somebody said to him, hey, deepest, bluest, your head is like a shark's fin. Boom. <laughs> Boom. I mean, what? how many years did LL Cool J go there where well, like sharks were a feature? At least, I mean, back to back, right? Which, I mean, even if it's two, that's not a lot, but it's still weird it happened twice. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I, I'll give you that. I think we are two years apart, right? I'm pretty sure Deep Blue Sea was 99. Well, let me look. Either way, it's it's very, uh, it's like, hey, man, you, you like sharks a lot. Yeah, 99, same year. Yeah, oh, same year. Go. Yeah. There you go. Big, big year for. And he didn't get the rap song in this movie. What the fuck? He was the subpar rapper. That's bullshit, dude. He got deepest bluest for. It's also a lie. Yeah, I would say Jamie Fox is a better musician than LL. Yeah, Jay, but, but, yeah. but, but LL is definitely a better rapper. rapper. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. What? No, he's he's not a better musician than LL Cool J. Jamie Fox. Okay. 
Jamie Foxx is an excellent singer, at least I know. Yeah, but LL Cool J really like, in the he rap- played the piano with his eyes closed. Did he? I don't know. He had sunglasses on. Yeah, did he? Because he didn't sing those songs. <laughs> so honestly, I'm a- still kind of hung up on the fact that they made two more Deep Blue Seas that I was completely unaware of. Deep Life, Blue Sea. And Life comes at you fast. No, it's just two and three, deepest, which seems really uninspired. Deepest bluest sea. Where do you where do you even go from? Never mind. You know what? You know what? We're off track. Now yes. there's seven of them. <laughs> seven sharks. Seven sharks. So listen. Obviously, Willie yells at Coach. Coach demotes him back to the bench, and a, a rift begins to form between Beeman and. And D'Amato, and after D'Amato tells him just how far he still has to go to fulfill his potential and lead the team, um, Willie then gets even more full of himself and alienates the rest of the football team to the point that he gets his car sawed in half at a party, unless you watch the movie on Voodoo. In which case, on Voodoo, then you there's get no that. consequences for his actions. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah, I mean, that was my favorite part of the movie because that seemed pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I... I would watch Lawrence Taylor angrily saw a person's car in half every day if I could. Frankly, if you drive a, a bright yellow Tahoe, you deserve to have it sawn in half. Yeah, dude, you you asked for it. You parked it on the lawn. It's an ugly car, too. Also, like, what the fuck, dude? Don't park on Shark's lawn. Yeah. I mean, if you had a Lambo, I could maybe pull it off, but you're a third stringer driving a Tahoe. Come on. Get it together. All right, so the Sharks are blown out in a home game uh, that would have given the Sharks home field advantage because Willie alienates his team so badly. The line doesn't block for him. Nobody wants to play. They're playing in a lightning storm, which I think is against the rules, but be that as it may, whatever. It's not legal. Yep. Like, James Woods would have said it was fine. Matthew Modine wasn't having it though. Do- Dr. Mandrake, Dr. Harvey Mandrake. I really that is hope such a fucking supervillain yeah. name. I hope it's one of your lingering questions, but the fact that James Wood is the slimiest piece of shit of all time in this movie, and that's who he actually is as a human being, is just exceptional casting. I mean, that's I mean, the reason he didn't get a uh, supporting Oscar nod. It doesn't count as acting if you're just playing yourself. There you go. Don't tell The Rock. Don't tell him. So after he gets his ass handed to him, Beeman contemplates and amends his selfish behavior. So that brings us to the playoffs. We're playing in Dallas, home of the Knights, famous for uh, Dallas, you know, famous for its medieval imagery. Listen, to be fair... What are cowboys, if not knights, from like the 1800s? They rode horses and stuff. Sure. Good enough. Draws draws a line. Anyway, go ahead. I'm there. And before the first game of the playoffs, D'Amato gives one of the all-time great locker room speeches in an attempt to get his team to heal and come back together. And it, it seems to work. Cap overcomes his self-doubt and takes the field as starting quarterback and leads his team admirably and courageously until he is severely concussed on a touchdown run. Which means that Bobby, uh, I'm sorry, Willie Beeman comes in at halftime to lead the uh, Sharks to victory in the playoffs. 
He apologizes to his teammates in the huddle and leads his team to victory. Sure seems like the end of the movie. But we get an epilogue. Is it? We get an epilogue. <laughs> sure seems like the movie you absolutely adore, The Replacements. <laughs> seems very similar to The Replacements, starring Keanu Reeves, who was not in The Last Samurai. Or was so he? We, so we have our epilogue. I mean, technically, he was the last samurai. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Either way. So we get uh we get we get an epilogue with D'Amato's final press conference as head coach. Seemingly all feuds have been resolved or at least put on hold, and he's gonna leave on a positive note. He gets thanked by the owner, Christina Pagniacci. He gets thanked by the media for his contributions to the team even though he pushed one of them down a dugout, which was on a football field for some reason. I don't know what. Oh, I know. It's, it's Florida. Yep. Um, happens. So so it's all great. Uh, D'Amato is then expected to announce his retirement and give a big thank you speech back to all of them. But he drops a bombshell and announces that he has been hired as the head coach and general manager of the expansion team in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the Aztecs and adds that he assigned Willie Beeman as his starting quarterback and franchise player, Mike drop. Also, I glossed over a subplot involving the team doctors as well. A bunch of media scenes that John C. McGinley absolutely steals. I love this movie. It's one of the all time gridiron greats. If we got a sequel, do you think it would be another given Sunday? It'd be, it'd be Ooh, any, any given, given Monday. Monday. Yeah, it would have yeah, to be. It'd be like yeah, all my time. rowdy friends are back for Monday night. That's right. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Any given Sunday. How many beers are required? Thunderous Wizard. Okay, so I really like this movie. Um, it's edited horrifically. It's a real mind uh, F, the way this movie is edited. So, I'm going to give it three enjoyment beers, two pain beers, because I don't know what acid Oliver Stone was on when he made this movie, but the fact that he can't let any scene breathe for the entirety of its two-plus-hour runtime is astounding to me. This is a a two-and-a-half-hour movie, and there is not a scene where you get like an actual frame for over 15 seconds because it's, it's splicing in different shit. It's all over the place. The football scenes are chaotic. Fine. I get it. You're, you're trying to convey that football is violent and it's fast and it's hair twitch. You got to figure shit out. That's not how the rest of the movie should be, but it is. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, you are right. It 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 is a jumpy film. The overlays are a bit much for me because uh, you can't tell if it's like somebody feeling the enormity and the responsibility of carrying on this game, you know, in the modern day, or if it's literally like they've been hit in the head so hard they're seeing things in the stands. It's it's it's, a, it's literally the vainest movie I've ever seen. Oliver Stone was like, "I'm a fucking genius. I'm yeah. gonna put all this weird imagery into this film, 
And for the most part, none of it makes sense. And it just detracts from the movie and the acting. Even during the speech, because the Inches speech is so iconic. It's great. He he fucks it up by, like, at one point, Jamie Foxx is looking at Al Pacino and he's looking at him and the vo- and it's just voiceover. It it completely detracts from the moment, but I digress. I'm gonna come down with I don't care about sports a lot. Which no, no. If I did, Who? I feel like I'd be a lot more forgiving. Like a uh, great performances all around. I'm not trying to say that. Uh but both the script and the editing are kind of like what is this like a a slice of life this is what it's like is this uh we're following the coach it like there there are too many plots here that i can't tell and there are plot threads that don't match her such as Jamie Foxx's bad shoulder yeah and uh so at two and a half hours long I don't know, man. This is like this is four, four easy. And it'll uh, give you one enjoyment again because all the performances are excellent. Zero, zero challenge with the cast. But like, you have me here for two and a half hours. Why are you going to give me an epilogue? Like, if the epilogue was important enough to film, make that nope. the important part of the film. <laughs> Just end the movie. Yeah. Send it. Right there, yeah. they win the game, and 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 I think Captain Cash, you probably hit the nail as squarely on the head as you can with the fact that you have to love football to love this movie. That's probably that's accurate. where your seventy three percent of of user reviews on Rotten Tomatoes come from. That's why only half the critics like this movie. If you don't give a shit about football, if you don't love football. And, and probably to an extent, if you didn't play football at some point, you, you may not really appreciate this this film as much as somebody that did. Like, I think it's not a secret that that the Thunderous Wizard and myself pretty much eat, sleep, and breathe football all fall and, and early winter. And of course, we love this movie. Fair. But if you, if, if you don't, yeah, it's kind of a mess. Now, caveat, if you love Al Pacino... This is a must. And, uh, you know, Chumsell is not here. And he he often is critical of Cameron Diaz. She's incredible in this movie. Yeah. I think she's she, awesome in this movie. I so. sincerely believe that woman would eat her young. Yeah. I think she's very good as being a total awful succubus NFL owner. Nailed it. Yeah. She is a savage business person. I mean, she went to Cornell. She has no heart. She's, you know, she's the Andy Bernard only with none of the charm. Um, Yeah. I think I'm right there with you. Thunderous wizard. It is a long movie. I like this movie. I'm definitely drinking five beers over the course of two and a half hours. And I think three and a half of them are enjoyment and one and a half are to get through the weird cuts and, the over like the fact that a white director and screenwriter was so comfortable using the n-word in both the dialogue and the musical options or selections is mind-boggling to me i guess 1999 where we haven't escaped the lawless ass 90s 
We have not. And and I would say that there was there was probably a lot more uh culturally common at that time for black athletes to speak that way to each other. And certainly the the rap music of the time uh featured that word a lot more heavily. But I just thought that was an odd choice. Um, so yeah, three and a half, one and a half for me. That is going to bring us into our first break. We are going to hear from our brother in the huddle, the J-Man over at the Double Turn podcast. And we're going to freshen our drinks and catch you here after the break. Hey everyone, it's the J-Man and I'm the host of the Double Turn podcast. Every month, myself and a featured guest bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in the industry, or taking a look back at some of the greatest matches and moments in history. So check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And give us a follow on Twitter at TDT Wrestling Pod and on Instagram at The Double Turn Podcast. And don't forget to check out our home base at WabamEntertainment.com for all your comic book and movie needs. And check out our sister podcast, Hops and Box Office Flops. Enjoy, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Welcome back, listeners. We are continuing our 213th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, concluding our look at Gridiron Flops with 1999's Any Given Sunday, and we have some lingering questions. So let's get right into it, boys. Number one, are you surprised this flopped? And I guess I should give that a caveat. This probably deserves an asterisk. You know, it made $45 million on a budget of 55. And I mean, it profited, uh, not counting marketing. So is it a total flop? No, but definitely a disappointment. Are you surprised this didn't do as well as I think it should have? No, because what Oliver Stone movie has been a huge hit. I yeah, like Oliver Stone enough. movies for the most part. Um, Natural Born Killers, I really enjoy. Uh, Platoon, I think uh, before he sort of lost himself and his mind, he was a very good filmmaker. So, uh, yeah, no. But they don't make money. So, and as you said, like nobody cared about the NFL uh, in different territories around the world in 1999. So, now I think if it was made today, it'd make way more money, to be honest. Because now I think people accept that football is terribly violent, but also they just don't care. So, well, the, the NFL has also done a really good job in the last decade and a half of making Europe care about the NFL. there's that too yeah i mean you mm. you do see guys who are like uh the bills had a guy a few years ago who was specifically had played in england for whatever local team and he he made it over here so they're doing better they're not the nba they're not the nhl they're certainly not baseball right like they're not global but it's better now than it was in 1999 where i mean the nfl europe was essentially bankrupt in 1999 was like on its way out of being a thing yeah because so, nobody cared and this movie's just not good enough to care about if you don't care about football i think that's fair because it's two and a half hours long that's a big ask and it's carried mostly by pacino and fox and cameron diaz doing the acting but there's no like 
who's the protagonist kind of like it's an ensemble movie but there's not like a through line other than and this is a thing that happened to all the people on the same team that one time and that's a big thing like um i guess jamie fox is the protagonist but he's so unlikable for the majority of the movie and pacino's very unlikable i mean he's like I feel guess it's bad just to for him. show you. I mean, the, yeah. the thing I love about the movie is that it's realistic, right? Like the NFL is a terrible business. It's ruthless. Most people are shit heels. Cool. That doesn't necessarily make for a huge movie, unless you're Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, guess. right. And and I think to your point, like it, it shows that that what football does is consume people. Right. It, it it chews them up, it spits them out, or sometimes it just becomes your whole thing, right? Like greed like D'Amato greed is all encompassing. Fame is all encompassing. Mm-hmm. Um the desire to maintain your legacy are all encompassing. You know, Cameron Diaz has to prove she can be super successful, right? She her whole deal is she's essentially Stan Kroenke. She wants this LA franchise. Jamie Foxx's whole deal is like, oh, I'm famous now. This is really cool. And he becomes a piece of shit. And Pacino's whole deal is like, hey, I'm not worthless yet. They're yeah, I'm relevant. Yeah. In in the words of the warrior poet, the notorious B.I.G., Mo money, Mo problems. It's yeah, I th- I think it's an interesting look at this film, but but or at at the business, at the life, what it does to people and how they become obsessed with this thing to the extent of, of ruining everything else that is a life. And Shark LeVay talks about that in the scene in the steam room, right? One of the best you know, scenes one, of the movie, yeah. It's a great scene in the movie, right? You know, when, when a man looks back at his life, he's got to be proud of all of it, not just the time he spent in cleats and pads. And I will tell you I this. Think that is one of the big through lines for this movie is that most of these guys are not proud of the other parts of their life. Yeah, very few sports movies actually channel professional sports. Like we like sports movies because they're uplifting. Uh, they have some sort of underdog versus the world thing, like the replacements or major league, for example. And this movie's like, no, like this is the ugly side of professional sports. They don't win in the end. They do win the game, but then you like then you get the press conference like, oh, they got their ass kicked in the end. Yeah. It's hard to win the last game of the year. Yeah. Uh great, cool. So to that end, Thunderous Wizard, do we feel that this is a better representation of actual pro football than, say, the replacements? And and we'll start there. I would just say yes. Yeah, I think it's simple, right? <laughs> I just say yes. Uh, yeah. 100% it is a better representation of, of pro football. And one of the things I appreciate most about it is the scumbag doctor. Um, mm-hmm. And also... He's a scumbag, right? And he gets fired. But then you see Modine's uh, character falling into the same habits because you're there to work, right? Like, and this shit does happen and it's terrible. And, you know, like, hey, Doc, you forgot something. Yeah. Give me my shot. Top me off. Whatever. Uh, I think that that's the problem with the movie. Like, it, it can't be a perfect movie because pro sports are so ugly inherently but that's why i love the movie is because i like pro sports and i i also have to acknowledge that 
I also have to wrestle with the fact that what I watch is human carnage every Sunday. So Saturdays too. Yeah, but I don't watch college football. So also, isn't but, there like yeah. a Wednesdays now? No, there's no we, way. We got no. we, we got Thursdays. Thursdays. Oh, Thursdays. Thursdays. That's what I mean. Yeah. I, I you, you so fucking thrilled. football fandoms and your I'm big so weird thrilled. convention you in, throw every year. You came in with the flex with Wednesday night football. Hey, you know what? How was that a flex? I was genuinely asking. He's not wrong. Uh, both of our alma maters frequently play on. Wednesday night yes. college football. Sh- shitty football teams play on the Mac, night. The Mac often plays on Wednesday nights. It's on called the Mac Attack. <laughs> Is that on the Ocho? No, that's that's regular old ESPN, baby. No, it's oh, on wow. ESPN 9. It can't even make the Ocho. <laughs> no, nah. Okay, so where does this rank uh, among your football flicks? Right, so we're going. We can go anywhere. You can you can throw in, you know, the longest yard, North Dallas forty, uh, the 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 program. You know, where where does this come in? All right, so people get mad at me, maybe, probably not, because I I think I've publicized this enough. But uh, Necessary Roughness is my favorite football movie. All right, yeah, take it easy. It's my favorite goofy football movie where. I mean, the, the, Jim Kelly's in it, so that's that's a big plus. Uh, but I think this would be top three in football movies for me. I really like this movie. I it's got a, it, the the cast is incredible, and the inches speech is legendary. So, yeah, and top three for me. Captain Cash, you're you're welcome to just punt on this one. <laughs> that's <laughs> a thing that happens in football, right? Punting. <laughs> no, I. In complete candor, of all the football movies that I've seen, and that's like five, this seems like the most serious one, if that makes sense. Like, this seemed the... God, I hate to use words like the rawest because that's that's giving it more edge than I mean to. No, just give it edge, man. This movie's all about edge. (laughs) Yeah, but like... (laughs) You know, your your necessary roughnesses, your the replacements, they're comedies. And then you've got your underdog stories where that doesn't really feel as much like like that's any sport, right? That's mm-hmm. the mighty ducks, that's whatever. This is the only one that I that feels, I guess, unequivocally football. It's authentic. Like this is sports. Yeah. It's like, hey, I guess varsity blues. We're not going to have a bunch of stereotypical characters. We're just going to have characters who seem like they actually play football. Yeah, I mean this this feels like a real football team. This feels like a a rugby team, right? This feels like guys that we have all spent time in locker rooms with, and I and I love that part of this. For me, I rank it pretty high. Uh, Obviously, I love. I love our sports comedies. You guys know I love Necessary Roughness, The Replacements, Longest Yard. I I love those movies, but like for true football movies, I put this one up there with Brian's song, which I was going to get choked up and probably cry just saying the title of that movie if I have to say it again. Okay, give us a minute. (laughs) Give us a minute, listeners. We get it together here. James Conn. I love Brian Piccolo. Love Brian Piccolo. Um, 
so yeah, it's it's I'm with you, Thunders with it. It's definitely in my in my top three. I I really like this movie and I do watch it at, at least once a year. Um it's a good one. It's a good one. Now here's a more of a movie question than a football question or a football movie question. Who who wins this movie? I know we asked this last week uh for our other uh for Daisy Confused, but I feel like it applies here too, because this can go. Players, it can, coaches, it can go one doctor, way. media, owners. One I mean, way. there's anybody. There's a lot of people in this film that are awesome. Who wins it for you guys? Lawrence Taylor, 100%. Shark LeVay is one of the greatest fictional sports characters of all time. Lawrence Taylor wins this movie a thousand percent. He crushes it. Thousand percent. Great performance. Okay, now don't get mad, but everyone knows the Pacino speech. Yep. So I want to say it's Pacino, but it this also feels like where Pacino sort of becomes a parody of himself. There, so I, there's there's literally a scene that features a caricature of Al Pacino. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> that this is like when Pacino jumped the shark. Oh, <laughs> no, hey yo! But he done did. But yeah. So I I don't think you can say it's Pacino either. I think it's Jamie Foxx. Pretty sure it's Jamie Foxx. Listen, I wouldn't argue with that. It's I think it made him a star. We got him Ray, right? Yeah. I mean, of all of all the people in this movie, right? Pacino was already there. No one remembers Cameron Diaz for this movie. Not that she's bad in it, and she does a great job, but it's just not. Oh, what? Where did Cameron get her start? No one's going. Oh, yeah, in any given Sunday. Yeah, right. they'll say the mask or yeah, uh, something or about Mary. Something or, exactly, yeah. yeah. And then you get into Gangs of New York, you just gloss this right over. Right? I do love her in this movie. I, I Oh, no, yeah. She's I think great. she's I'm... incredible in this movie. I also love Anne Margaret. So She's great. This is true. I love the scene with Tony and her drunk as skunks, like kind of reminiscing on finder times because they both love the father so much also mm-hmm. i got the sense that maybe tony slept with her yeah maybe maybe, the, maybe not but i love that scene these two people who are they're out of their time now right like seemingly things are passing them by but also they're good people and she values neither of them until later in the movie mm-hmm I think it's a very powerful thing, but yeah, Cameron's character really does like almost, she's so dismissive of her mother and Tony as being like, you're too old to even be of any work to me anymore. And both of them have things to say and lessons that they have learned that would, would serve her well. At this she point thinks her mom's like a totally useless buffoon. And that's not the case. No, no. Even her- though like the movie shows you at times like, Oh yeah, she's kind of a drunk, whatever. Yeah, she's an old drunk hanging out at the in the owner's box. But, but she has a lot of valuable information to share. You, she you know she experience. held yeah, you know she held dad together during all of those years. So you guys took some pretty low-hanging fruit, and I applaud you for it. That is the, the benefit of not going last. So I've got some dark horse candidates for you. Uh, oh, God. I'm going to throw them out there. Cherubini. <laughs> Cherubini, obviously. Cherubini's weak ankles is the MVP of this movie. How about Jim Brown? 
in this movie. Uh, my God. Can I just share with you one thing? I don't get strokes, motherfucker. I give them. I give them. Uh, <laughs> that's by the way, this is one of your chimes tonight. Uh, Wait a minute. J- Jim Brown, so good. You gotta, um, you gotta die hard. You gotta die hard. Hard. God, uh, I love Jim Brown. <laughs> Barnyarski steals most of the scenes that he's in. Uh, when he when he's like, what is this? He's like, you put these kids to bed. I'm like, can't we get a maid? Where I get married for? Like, oh my god, he's so terrible. But he's also so every offensive lineman. Oh yeah, he's a psychopath. Um, so he's great. Uh, and then the other one that I really love that I I, I mentioned it earlier. I think he really steals almost every scene he's in is John C. McGinley. As the 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 Jim Rome as Jim style, Rome, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's great, man. Like, I, oh, your your smack is so fresh. Uh, I he, love him so great. much. At the the Swan Song press conference, where he's like, he's a prick, but I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know who who takes it for me out of those three, but I I loved all three of their performances. They obviously don't have a ton of screen time, but when they do they make the most of it. And I think Jim Brown, along with LT, delivers some of the best, like, m- moral lessons in the movie, right? We talked about how he's yes. going to go back and, and coach uh, high school football and get the kids that just just want to play the game. And they're not here for the money and the stats and the endorsement deals. And and I, I really like that. Um, I and think he, he was that nice voice of that, that. He was the Jiminy Cricket. Sure. World-class human being, Jim Brown. Jim Brown, R.I.P., so, man. Great actor, better athlete, incredible human being. Incredible human being. Um, we're we're going to miss you, buddy. That kind of brings me to this. Out of all of our teammates, who do you definitely want on your football team? Captain Cash, what you got? You got to wait. You got to wait, T-Dubs. You, you okay. stole Shark LeVay. You go second this time. <laughs> I have a definitive answer. You're going to say Shark LeVay again, I know, but it's fine. Oh, I thought you meant like as people we know. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. No, let's not. Because mm, I was going to say Chumpzilla. Chumpzilla. my ride or die. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I would I would never go into battle without Chumpzilla. Put it that way. All right. Well, who from the Sharks roster... Are you taking with you to the Aztecs? Not LL Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> He's a merc. Am I allowed to say D'Amato? Sure. Yeah, I mean, like you want he's the a coach? great coach. I'm going to take the great coach. You want the coach? That's fair. Uh, as we have established, I can get a crooked fucking doctor and just grind, you know, turn on the meat grinder and get through people relatively fast. So, I mean, what I really need is the coach. Yeah, you need a game plan. Bingo. Okay. I'm going to do like it, it from the perspective of the movie because he already took Jamie Foxx. So I'm going to take uh, Bill Bellamy's character. He can catch anything. Because if you've got the QB, you've got to have the number one wide receiver. Got to have wide receiver number one. You got to have your Jamar Shark, Chase for Joe Burrow. Shark's got to retire. And I appreciate that. I'm not going to put him in any more imminent jeopardy. Uh, Barnyarski is a wild card that's probably going to murder his wife, so he's out. 
He's a hundred percent out. Uh, LL Cool J, of course, no way. Running backs, not a running back market. Can't do that. So Bill Melvin, maybe T.O. because he actually, I think he has more touchdowns in this movie <laughs> than he does in his real career. Or no, <laughs> Bill Melvin. Hey, don't talk shit about former Buffalo Bill and Bengal Terrell Owens. Dude, I love me some T.O. Yeah, I love me some T.O. So listen. I'm taking Cap Rooney. Ooh, how's I want a field general. He's gonna be still fine. spinning, still I spinning, be fine, baby. <laughs> well, how long is gonna make it? Like your favorite CD, Lo- long enough for me to get, uh, uh, you know, what's his face, Cherubini, uh, up to, up to par, ready to ready to start. Be the so air wait, So you're like you the, said you the, could take one. You don't get yeah. Cherubini. So you're like the Chiefs owner who's like, hey, Joe Montana's got. Five good years left. That's right. Two years later, it's like I, I overestimated. I overestimated. It wasn't, it wasn't five. But didn't he get a ring in those two? No, he did not. He lost in the first round of the playoffs. Oh damn! I thought he won one with the Chiefs. No. All right. Well, <laughs> sorry. Well, you know what? Maybe not getting a Super Bowl ring, but we might get a Pantheon Cup. We'll see. Cap still got it in him. Uh, ask Ask Lauren Holly. She'll tell you all about it. How many years he's got left? Oh shit! Can I tell you who I wouldn't take? His wife. What the fuck, dude? What is her problem? Well, that is the follow-up question. <laughs> Who do you definitely not want on your team? And clearly, no. you're picking Cindy Rooney. <laughs> she sucks. She what does the suck. What fuck is wrong she's with you? On the team, though. When she slapped him, he's like, get it together. It's like, no, nah, fuck you. Yeah, he was <laughs> no. like crying. Like, I don't want to play football anymore. I'm scared. <laughs> like, it hurts. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying inside. I am literally dying not on the outside on the inside and out she's like look at me my first husband was kidnapped and i had two guys with asperger's have to find him (laughs) i i really think that uh ricky bobby's wife modeled her character after cindy rooney oh 100 100 right i am a driver's wife cap who are you not taking with you i'm not taking a mercenary the ladies may love cool james but i don't you don't want the mark. It's got to be in the team. Got to be in the team. Yeah. Now, I mean, he, to be fair, he does learn that. He stopped the clock, man. He didn't go for, yeah. the, for the glory. You know what so. else I don't love? Fumbles. Two hands, fumble. you showboat. Two hands. Carrying like a loaf of bread. Who am I not going to take with me? Probably, you said it earlier, uh, T-Dubs. Probably, probably Barnyarski. Latimer. The Roids are going to get to him. At least he's going to get charged with assault for killing somebody with an alligator. I don't know. He's lucky that nobody got bit in the dick. Yeah, that's a that's a risk considering the low hanging meat in that shower. There's some, <laughs> there's some, some massive dog that was being shown in this movie. Like, clearly, this is they got a stunt cock. Stunt cock. You know, and I think it's funny that that we get the inches, the inches that we need are all are around, all around, around us. all around you us. big dicks yeah. are all around <laughs> us. Three years later, when Domato had dementia, he got in big trouble for saying, "Pull down your pants and show me the inches." Show me the inches we need. They're everywhere. All right, so there's some pretty epic scenes in this movie. I think we know T Dub's favorite ones because he's mad they got cut from the voodoo version. Uh, but does anybody want to talk about your favorite scene in the movie? Yeah. 
It's sharp. Throwing a car on half is fucking awesome. Just, Steam- I'm sorry. So okay, so Cap, you're going with uh with the car sawing. Yes. T Dubs has got uh Shark, Shark Levey and Shark a hand LeVay. towel in the steam room. On fourth and one. Oh, fourth and one. Okay. Spin move, tackles him. He's unconscious. They get the backboard out. Don't drop me. I'm worth a million dollars. I'm worth a million dollars, baby. I love that character. Shark LeVay is fantastic. He's also as a person of a certain age, like he's the greatest defensive football player of our lifetime. Yeah, just ask Joe Theismann. He just happened to love drugs too much. That'll happen. Yeah. That'll happen. So, yeah, I love that character. And I love that you can go back and watch. I mean, granted, they beat the Bills in the Super Bowl, which sucks. But, I mean, he was a transformational football player. Oh, yeah. I mean. He changed football. For a guy that went to UNC. Yeah. To have that kind of impact in the NFL, it's pretty impressive. For me, it's it it is cap overcoming that fear to get back on the field and score that touchdown in the playoff game. The and helicopter doing, doing the John Elway. Yeah, man, it's great. Uh, by the way, do you guys know whose whose house Cap lives in in the movie? Ooh, I don't know. It's not the trivia. So should have been. Say, I feel like this would have been a good. <laughs> it would have been, been a good one. It's. It's. I mean, if if you had multiple choice, you would figure it out pretty effing quick. The movie's filmed in Miami. He's an NFL quarterback, so it is Dan actually Marino. filmed. Yeah, it's Dan Marino's house. <laughs> okay, there you That's go. Awesome. As soon as yeah. he said he's an NFL quarterback, it <laughs> yeah, was filmed yeah. in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a- is is there any other Miami quarterback that it could be? <laughs> Not that you care about. Yeah. Not 1999. Uh, yeah. Fiedler. So. <laughs> that that dope ass house uh, that that they are in is uh, is Dan Marino's home. I don't know if he still lives there, but it, it was at the time at least. All right, and for our final lingering question, uh, I've asked this question on the replacements in a different way. I, I gave you the the Johnny Utah versus Shane Falco, so we're gonna open it up here. Where does Willie Beeman rank on your film? quarterback list so we're gonna go we're gonna set a scale here and our scale is gonna go i let's I call it it's... uncle uncle rico <laughs> I, to I would... flash gordon <laughs> i thought you were gonna start with paul blake paul blake's up i mean paul blake's yeah, probably paul blake. closer to flash gordon than uncle rico no doubt and of course and it's a uh... hey dude uncle rico won the game today against the ravens so <laughs> yeah he did <laughs> uh Dude, I you know I I used to live in Moscow, Idaho, just eight miles away from Washington State University, where Gardner Minshew uh, played, and I love me some Minshew mania. So, Captain Cap, we're gonna give you some time to think about this, and we're gonna let T Dubs go first. Oh, wait, may you, I you ask have... a follow up? Of course. Do we get Beeman at the end of this movie or Beeman at the beginning of this movie? Let's go with, uh, you know, new starting quarterback for the Albuquerque Aztecs. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Beeman, bum shoulder. Not encouraging for future prospects. Uh, Of course, I'm taking Paul Blake. But I'm taking Paul Blake at 30. All right. Let's say he abandons the farm at 30. He's clearly the best quarterback. This is a guy that went back to college and beat the number one college team. He's the best. 
I would even put Falco above Beeman. Guy, he's, you know, scrubbing barnacles off boats. Wow. Comes out. He's he's dishing. That's big. Um, I would put uh, any version of the quarterback from the longest yard. Paul Crew. Beeman, Paul Crew. Uh, because he's in prison. Guy's got a rough. And he's uh, still dealing. Put it out there, man. But he's also beating a team of guards. Yeah, true, true. Uh, but that's the thing about Beeman. He's not that good. Compared I mean, like, I mean, that's like saying Michael Vick's not that good. He is. He is a. He is a Michael Vick prototype for sure. Okay. Well, I mean, I like him, but I'm just telling you, if if I had a 30 year old Paul Blake, I'm taking Paul Blake. You're taking Paul Blake over Flash Gordon? Of course. Get the fuck out of here. That guy could barely beat a guy in fucking Asian cosplay, which is super racist. (laughs) I'm sorry. We don't. He played football. In space. in space thank you it's Flash. gonna be flash gordon ah! i mean honestly i'm with captain cash from a couple weeks ago it's like get johnny rico's ass in here was it johnny rico I'm yeah in. hey man he can be on the scale That's that dude fine. played future sport but wasn't he the receiver wasn't wasn't no. dizzy the qb wait it's no positions in future i'm pretty sports. sure diz is the qb <laughs> no. i think you might be right yeah Maybe. listen in future indoor football that is played in Argentina. Yeah, Buenos Aires, yeah. Argentina. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, you, everybody just takes turns. You just rotate around. It's fine. Yeah, it's like, like everybody's like got to be completely well rounded. That's no. that's what makes it such a challenge. He was riding the motorcycle. Wait, wait, that's a it's a rollerball. That's rollerball. Have we done oh, Alita yeah. Battle Angel yet? That's when she turns into the the killer robot. Isn't it called Rollerball and Battle Angel? It's something like that. Something. I mean, they're rollerblading, so might as well be. Might as well be. Well, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm putting Beeman up there, but I think, yeah, I think he kind of comes down in the middle. I think he's got a he, he's got a wide skill set, but we all know the mobile quarterback uh, has a short shelf life, and uh, I'm probably taking Paul Blake over him. I'm taking the Wrecking Crew over him even though he's only playing prison ball also in Miami. Well, no, he was in Texas for that, huh? Well, he was in Miami. So he went to jail in Texas. I don't understand how you, how you get a DUI in Florida and go to jail and go to prison in Texas. But what do I know? It fits the movie. That's right. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Don't ask, don't ask these questions. Follow-up question. It's the Pantheon cup. Who are you starting? Willie or Cap Rooney? Jeez, again, Cap Rooney. I'm sorry, Willie. I love you. He's a field general, man. I think you're right, but I'm an old man now. I'm very sympathetic to old quarterbacks, such as Jim Kelly, when he was on the way out. I I wanted nobody to replace Jim Kelly. I got to go with Cap Rooney. He's wily. He's a veteran. He's savvy. He's got moxie. I mean, it's like, you know, it's a Super Bowl. Are you going to start Tom Brady or uh, Lamar Jackson? Well, now? Or two years ago. Tom Brady at 43. Yes, yeah, still Tom Brady. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, at Tom Brady last year, no. <laughs> he was yeah. bad. But the year before that, he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I'd start yeah, anybody I mean, over Joe Burrow. So, 
Now, now am I considering <laughs> mute you from here? Am I considering Cap's health? Do I know if in playing him, there is a non like a greater than average chance that he will injure himself to the point of death or something preferable? Where only, death might be preferable. There's only one question you have to ask him, Captain Cash. How's that disc? How's that disc spinning? Still like spinning. your favorite CD, baby. <laughs> is he? I mean, here's like he's cleared concussion protocol. But not like two additions. Ninety nine almost died last year. <laughs> Na- Ninety nine concu- concussion was, protocol, or like no now concussion protocol. The concussion protocol was: How do you feel? I want to play. You're yeah. in. Get back in there. He could be leaking brain fluid out of his ass in nineteen ninety nine. Like he's good. He's fine. He's fine. I can play. You got some depends Still, back here in the first aid kit. Slap something in there to collect the leakage. It'll be good. Um, but yeah. If I know starting him almost certainly will kill him, it would give me pause because I feel like I'd be contributing to this cycle of violence. Like I'd bear like paws or up. like cat paws? Oh, tiger? You mean, you mean with tiger. You with Slightly larger. Pause. Oh. All right, listeners. That's going to bring us into our second break. So hang on for us while we refresh our beverages and we're going to catch you on the flip side. Welcome back, listeners. We are here finishing up our 213th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We've gone through the movie. We've gone through our lingering questions. And now it is time for the competitive portion of the pod. And so tonight we have the Stephen Beeman Trivia Challenge. So tonight we've got the standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz. And you'll be playing for the Pantheon Cup from Christina Pagniacci's office. That's right. You're getting the real deal Pantheon Cup coming to your house. Your chime-ins tonight are, I didn't want you to be the only pussy with their hand up. I don't get strokes, motherfucker. I give them. And unless you're going to kiss me, get your hands off my ass or any one of the pod standards. May I also throw in a, you're tearing this pot apart. Yeah, I don't see why not. Thank you. I appreciate you respecting my creative process. I am always here for your creative process, Captain Cash. Gentlemen, are you ready? I don't get strokes, Bling Blake. I give them. So yes. So yes, that's the Yes. That's an affirmative. Was it your terror in this pot of pie? All right. Question number one. How many times is the F-bomb dropped? A, 107 times. B, 117 times. C, 127 times. Or D, 137 times. You're tearing this team apart. Got it. It's got to be D. They they have to drop the f bomb more than once every minute in this. One hundred and thirty-seven times is your answer, Captain Cash. Yes, sir. That is incorrect. Oh, I honestly oh. thought it would have been more. That was my go-to. So uh, I don't get strokes. One twenty-seven. One twenty-seven. 
a noble guess, but ultimately incorrect. Uh, we get 117 F-bombs. Feels All right. Light. It does. Now, to be fair, the stat that I read said approximately, so there's probably some wiggle room there, but I don't think it was 10 whole F-bombs. Well, I think, I think that I would be closer then, so... It probably depends on if you count F-bombs that are included in the rap songs in the background or if it's just pure dialogue. How many F-bombs did they utter when they realized that James Woods was a huge sack of shit? Uh, I feel like it's pretty apparent that they knew that from the jump. So, I mean, I mean, but it was now probably like, like one. It was probably he's, like, he's uh, full on lunatic. I thought so. He yeah. sucks now. He sucks. Okay. I love James Woods. Zero to zero going into question number two. The Sharks home stadium was the Orange Bowl. Other scenes were filmed in the old, now demolished, Texas Stadium and Hard Rock Stadium. Hard Rock Stadium has had other names in its history. What is not one of them? A, Pro Player Stadium. B, Joe Robbie Stadium. C, Hewlett Packard Stadium. Or D, Landshark Stadium. Arts and Tarts, Landshark Stadium. Landshark Stadium is actually incorrect. Oh my God, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old Joe Robbie Stadium. Oh yeah. shit! No, yeah, got, <laughs> yeah. Right. Down to you, Captain Cash. <laughs> wow. Hard Rock Stadium was called Land Shark Stadium at one point in time. It was also called Joe Robbie Stadium. So you get a little leg up here, Captain Cash. Okay. Coin flip. Here we go. Your remaining answer are Pro Player Stadium or C Hewlett Packard Stadium. I feel like HP would have enough money to pull that off, but HP it's, seems like it would. Captain Cash, it's, it's Hewlett Packard Stadium. Now I feel like he's trying to trick me. Just you should feel like it. Just take it out giving it to you. Uh, but pro player sounds like some nonsense that somebody made up. Pro player stadium is incorrect. It's oh my god, he wasn't trying to trick me. No, I gave you the answer. It was called that, like, like last. Yeah, it's currently hard rock. I think it was pro player until hard rock got it right. Uh huh. Yeah, damn it! Yeah. I knew I knew it was Joe Robbie. So yeah, Joe Robbie is what it was originally because I Joe mean, Robbie was the owner of the Dolphins when they built the stadium. The place is shithole. Sorry, yeah. Dolphins fans, it's a shithole. Shithole. Uh, fun fact: my father went to the Super Bowl at uh, at at Joe Robbie Stadium to watch the Bengals lose to the Forty ers and he died of heat exhaustion. <laughs> Tickets for that game, according to my mother today, were one hundred dollars to attend the Super Bowl in yeah. nineteen eighty nine. Now, you the can cheapest smell- package I got, yeah, I saw no. from the Bengals uh, to buy tickets for the Super Bowl this year in Vegas was eight grand for the cheapest. Wait, package. why are they already selling this? It was just like you know, like you sign up for it now. You know, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, all right, here's a bonus question for you. How many Super Bowls have been played at that stadium under any name? I can tell you the Bills lost one there. <laughs> All right, well, that's, so Bills lost one, Bengals lost one. That's two. <laughs> any guesses? Uh, uh, it's it's probably like six. Farts and tarts. Five? 
And this works by prices right rules. Close to that going over. Okay. What you got T dubs? You going with Wow, well, he said he five, said six. So I'll just say six. Yeah. You're gonna go six? The answer is six. We're gonna give you a point there, T Dubs. Eat it, nerd. Eat it, nerd. Wow. So that was a two-point swing for you, Cap. Like you you literally had the like, answer I given to you. I gave you the answer. <laughs> All right. We're gonna get into some movie questions here. The Sharks' second string quarterback is Tyler Cherubini, played by former USC, NFL, and the Arena League quarterback Patrick O'Hara. Now, Patrick O'Hara has worked as a football consultant on several football films over the years, but he appeared as an actor in one other football movie. What is it? A. The Replacements. B, The Waterboy. C, The Longest Yard. Or D, We Are Marshall. You're tearing this team apart. Captain Cash. There have been too many Waterboy references on this pod so far for it not to be The Waterboy. The Waterboy is correct. (laughs) Metagaming. Yes. Way to use your context clues, my friend. Tyler Cherubini didn't invent backup quarterbacking. I did. Tyler Cherubini's the devil. My mama says, question number four. Oliver Stone loves John Cocaine. C. Ginley. Oh, wait, right. Oh, sorry, that, yeah. that too. That too. And, and that too. Him too. Yeah. Uh, what is not one of their collaborations? A, Platoon, B, Talk Radio, C, World Trade Center, or D, Born on the 4th of July. Damn. You're completely plausible. You're bringing it tonight. Got the heat, baby. I mean, honestly, I love John C. McGinley. Me too. I do not. And I've seen all those movies. Uh Uh-huh. He could be in all of them. He could be in all of them. Uh Uh-huh. I don't think it's Platoon. All right, go ahead. Farts and Tarts. T-Dub, what you got? Born on the 4th of July. Incorrect. He is in Born on the 4th of July. That's what concerned me. That that seemed too... All right. What are... Okay, not Platoon. Your remaining answers two. are Platoon, Talk Radio, and World Trade Center. World Trade Center. That is correct. Oh, that, That's the one he's not in? That's the one he's not in. That's the one he's most likely to be in. Yeah. Uh, he's a great character in Platoon. Uh, he's like he's like the original. I got a bad feeling about this one, guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's love three months from too. retirement. It was it, man. He was like he was on his way out. He didn't want he didn't want to go into the last battle. He was asking, uh, uh, what's his face, uh, uh Behringer, let him uh, sit in the back, you know. So, going into our fifth question, Captain Cash, you have the lead two to one. I feel like this one's going to be right up your alley here, T-Dubs. You got a chance here. Shark LeVay is a legendary football movie character. Lawrence Taylor, who plays Shark, was no slouch himself on the football field. In fact, he was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame while this movie was being filmed. How many career sacks did LT record is it a 132.5 is it b 137 
Is it D, 142, or is it, I'm sorry, was it C, 142, or is it D, 147.5? After you. <laughs> B. Farts and Tarts, B. Farts and Tarts, B, 137. That is incorrect. Doesn't matter, I win. Ah! Captain Cash <laughs> wins. Do you have a guess anyway? I'm good at taking tests that are multiple choice because I was trained like every other child in the 90s to do that. Mm -hmm. So I passed the bar exam. C? 142. That is correct. Hey! I just, now, this is the second, second, third of the sports related quizzes I have won. I believe so. Knowing nothing about sports. I believe you won my replacements quiz as I well. I believe so. Yes. Just by guessing wildly. Yes. And Dave's confused. So I'm pretty sure. That's three. Damn, you're about almost out of sweep here. Uh, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is guessing wildly seems to work. Take that to heart, kids. I think what he's saying is that he loves sports. He actually loves sports. <laughs> now, listen. It's um, all been a facade, you guys. T-Dubs, had you guessed A, 132.5, I would have given it to you because that is his official stat count. Okay. And the reason why is that he had nine and a half sacks his rookie year, and I can't remember which year that was, but that was the year before sacks were recorded, recorded as stat. Yeah. Yeah. So his official Hall of Fame stat reads 142 because it includes those nine and a half sacks from his rookie year. Uh, but his, you know, that's an asterisk number. The the true stat number is 132.5. Um, everybody's learned something tonight. Do we all feel good about this? I mean, I feel a certain way about things. You should feel ashamed, is what you should feel. Yeah, we I am. Ashamed. You're wearing a football okay. jersey right now. You should feel ashamed. Well, at least I watch football today. Okay. And Captain yeah, well, Cash did not. Captain I Cash not. watched this movie today, and he just beat you three to one on the quiz. <laughs> and you only got one because bonus questions. All right, that was mean. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be so so aggro. This this land shark beer is going right to my head. Dude, Give that's, me a real that real steaming beer. Over here. That yeah. is not the Margaritaville attitude I was hoping Landshark would bring to the pod. I'll be real. Got the, got the uh, asshole Gene screaming. <laughs> got a little got a little hitch of my giddy up tonight. All right. We've talked about the movie. We've done our lingering questions. We've completed our quiz. And that brings us to recommendations. Gentlemen, what do you have on tap for us this week? T-Dubs, kick us off. All right, let's just do this. Uh, you know, I am a hopeless action movie fanatic. I went and saw The Expendables 4. It's very bad. Uh, there's a lot of really poor green screen. There's some really atrocious uh, fire CGI. But you know what? I don't care. I loved it. I've got approximately five to seven years left of Sly Stallone on the big screen. And I'm going to cherish them. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, my one recommendation would be stop putting young people into these movies because nobody cares about them. So uh, I would catch it on demand. I would not pay money to see it in theaters. But 
it's on par with three, which also sucked. Uh, and you do get Tony John, and you get Eco Uwes from the raid, which is cool. So, uh, yeah, I saw it. I lived through it. I, uh, it's a thing that happened. Real Tony ring Jaw. and endorsement. <laughs> Tony but, Jaw uh, uttered maybe my favorite line in the history of cinema. Give me back my elephant. Yes. Uh-huh. It's a great movie. Uh, so actually better recommendation any tony Ja movie that isn't this uh, but in particular yeah. uh ong bak thai warrior oh it's the first one. one is the best one yeah so oh. or the protector yeah. or whatever yeah protector is is where you get uh, give me back my elephant uh yeah. which i love and yeah so if you can catch his actual uh thai movies they're awesome but Young anything tony with Jaw eco ways in it is always solid so and unfortunately as is per usual america has no idea how to make movies for these guys who can literally just market themselves because they are human weapons and they're incredible so yeah savage yeah awesome captain cash what you got for us buddy can i do a recommendation of a movie that's almost like a hundred years old and everyone knows because my youngest has been making me watch The Wizard of Oz kind of a lot. In the yeah, last it's on week. Disney Plus right now, right? It's on Max, but maybe Max, it's on Disney. that's where I saw it. Yeah. Uh, either way, it's one of those things where I feel like <laughs> the clock on who owns that's got to be running out by now. And we all reflect on how depressing it is that The Wizard of Oz is almost 100 years old. Yeah, right. Yeah, 39, yeah, it's man. That's coming. Yeah, it's got to be close to being in the public domain by now, right? You would think, right? So, like, couldn't be on any streaming, uh, whatever. Either way, it's been decades since I've watched that movie. And it is wild to go back and watch how pop culture has spun off, like, every single scene. It's crazy. I like, uh, I was trying to get the kids to watch it the other night, and they refused because they were like, what's that old movie? No, it's it's weird, man. Like, you want to know where like all the movies tropes that you like have heard of come from? It's there, and uh, it's like reading Shakespeare, where like dude just invented these words. This this movie just invented like whole genres of film unto itself. It's weird. My kids really enjoyed it when we watched it recently. So yeah, it's a great so, recommendation. I mean, it's a great movie. Go back and like, I mean, it was one of the I, I read that was somehow inducted into it was like one of the first American it, films to be considered culturally important and got added to the Smithsonian or whatever. I have seen uh, the Ruby Slippers at the Smithsonian on multiple. Oh, occasions. There you are. Yeah. You can still see Judy Garland's uh, OG Ruby Slippers. Neat. That's a great recommendation. I I love that movie. Um, it's a classic for a reason, for sure. So I'll make, I'll force the girls to watch it. Um, so kind of in Captain Cash's vein, um, I have not consumed a lot of new media this week, but I have loved this past month of films and podcasts because I really do. I just, I love sports movies in particular. I love football movies um, so as we wrap up our month of gridiron flops, here are some of my favorite football movies in no particular order. If you haven't seen any of them, you should go watch them. Um, check them out. So here we go. 
Watch the longest yard, old one and the new one. They're both great. Uh, we are Marshall. Great story, uh, really heartbreaking in a lot of ways, but a, a fantastic movie. Matthew McConaughey does a great job, as does Matthew Fox, which is uh, not something I say a lot. Rudy, uh, obviously Ohio State, uh, beat Notre Dame at the goal line last night. But it doesn't mean that Rudy's not a good movie. We get early turns from Vince Vaughn, John Favreau, um, and of course uh, Samwise Gamgee uh, does a great job. This one's probably a, Sean Aston. Sean Aston. This one's probably a dark horse candidate. But I like Draft Day with uh, Kevin Costner. I really like that movie. Oh boy, uh, Sonny oh, Weaver. Boy. Yeah. I love that man. Dennis Leary is the head coach. I'm here for it. I think Ellen Burstyn's in it as his, as his mom. Uh, I, I like that movie. Friday Night Lights, classic. North Dallas 40. If you haven't watched that movie, go do it. Nick Nolte is fantastic. It's so funny. Um, talks about kind of the, the lawless-ass 70s uh, years of pro football. I mentioned this one earlier. It's one that makes me cry every time. And that's Brian's song. Just Amazing. It's the the story of Brian Piccolo and his friendship with Gail Sayers uh, when they both played for the Bears. Uh, I, I just I, I love that movie so much. And of course, there's been way too many re references of this film for me not to mention it as one of my favorite football films. The Waterboy. Uh, it's just going to go down in history as one of the best ones out there ever. That's some high quality recommendations, Bling Blake. I, I love The Waterboy. So, remember, listeners, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at Bling Blake. The Thunderous Wizard can be found on Twitter at WriterTLK. Captain Cash is at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social medias. Chumpzilla can be found at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter slash X. And Mayor McCheese has a search party out for him. So if you do find him, notify us as well as him at HBOF McCheese on Twitter. If you enjoy the show, or even if you don't, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Just again, if you don't even like us, just subscribe so that way you can tell us shitty things about us. Uh, you know, engagement hey. is engagement, folks. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Say, especially if you don't like us, leave a review. Leave a review. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's, we'll it's it. only the way we're going to get better. We got to get something, right? Uh, and definitely hang out with us on social media to tell us how bad we are and share ideas for future episodes. We would love to hear them. In the end, listeners, remember one thing. In football, you have the offense and the defense. You can't have one without the other. Respect will be paid. We will see you next week for our first installment in the Hops and No Booze Flops series, or as I'm calling it, the Boo Ha Ha series, as we look at horror comedies. And we're going to start off with... Uh, the Blackening? Let's do it. Um, we're going to have some great ones for you, so be sure to check those out. We appreciate you listening, and we will see you next week.